take the young ones in your life on an unforgettable journey that will get them excited about the Word of God with Airship Genesis Legendary Bible Adventures from Turning Point. Tune in to our monthly audio adventures and join the Genesis Exploration Squad as they travel back in time to experience the stories of the Bible firsthand and discover life-changing lessons. Also available is the Airship Genesis Kids Study Bible, packed with the biblical content specifically written for kids from trusted Bible teacher Dr. David Jeremiah. You can also download our Airship Genesis mobile game on your favorite smart device and play as your favorite characters in this puzzle adventure game as the squad experiences the life of Jesus firsthand. Just go to your app store and type the keywords Airship Genesis. For more details or to order a copy of the Airship Genesis Kids Study Bible, visit our website at airshipgenesis.com slash Bible. That's airshipgenesis.com slash Bible. Have you ever thought yourself capable of doing greater works than Jesus? Before you say impossible, stay tuned. Because today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah reminds us that Jesus himself promised believers they would do even greater things than he had done. From the Jesus you may not know, here's David with the conclusion of his message. Is he doing greater works or are we? Well, friends, a lot of times we underestimate what God enables us to do during this time as we await his return. And uh, when you study the New Testament, you begin to get these little glimpses of the incredible power that God has invested in us through the Holy Spirit that enables us, according to the words of Jesus, to do greater works than he did. We're learning uh, some of the reasons why that statement is true, and we'll continue our discussion in just a moment as we get back to uh, this particular question. Tomorrow and Friday, we're going to talk about this question. Is he living or did he die? Is he living or did he die? And uh, in between now and then, I want to tell you again that we have a wonderful package that goes with this series. This bundle of materials involves the book, the 250-page hardback, beautifully designed book called The Jesus You May Not Know. This book is available for a gift of any size to Turning Point during the month of May. And all you have to do is ask for it when you send your gift during this month. Just say, please send me the book on Jesus, and we'll know which one, and it'll be on its way to you before you know it. This beautiful book will be a great addition to your library, and it's one that you will turn to on many occasions, and I'm sure one you want to share with others. So um, it's May. We need your help, and we don't want to ever ask without adding value to your life and saying thank you in some tangible way. This is our resource for the month of May, and we are delighted to make it available to you. Well, let's get back to our lesson. We're talking about doing greater works than Jesus. Shortly after Jesus was tempted, we are told that he was accosted by fallen spirits, by demons, Example, one day Jesus was preaching in the synagogue and a man with the spirit of an unclean demon cried out and said to Jesus, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. Jesus simply replied, Just be quiet and come out. The Bible says in one last flurry of activity, the demon came out and the man was thrown to the ground. He wasn't hurt. And the crowd was watching. And this is what they said. What a word this is, for with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. Let me tell you something, men and women. The devil 
or his demons are no big deal to Jesus Christ. He is in power over them in that day and in this day, in their lives and in our lives. You have satanic temptation going on in your life, just remember, Satan cannot handle the Lord Jesus Christ. You plead the blood of Jesus and you will find it out. Here's one that touches all of us in one way or the other. This is the last thing I want to tell you about the works of Jesus. He has power over sadness. Did you know that? Are you sad? Some people come to church sad. Maybe something happened to you yesterday that makes you sad. Maybe you had a phone call from somebody you love and it didn't turn out right. Or on the way to church, you found out something that you didn't know that just makes you sad. I have a lot of sadness just about the people that I love and the things they go through. There's a lot of hurt and trouble and sickness and discord. If you let it get to you, it could make you sad all the time. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus is the Lord of sadness. He has power over heartache and heartbreak. And one way of figuring that out is to track his words. I'm going to tell you something. I've never done this before. I've not heard this before, but I want to tell you something I found out this week. On five occasions, Jesus walked into a situation and he said to the person, be of good cheer. For instance, when a paralyzed man was overwhelmed with a guilty conscience, he was brought to Jesus. Our Lord said to him, Matthew 9, 2, Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven. How many of you know when you realize your sins have been forgiven, you can be of good cheer? For a moment, for a little while, before the trouble starts, forgiveness makes you happy, doesn't it? When a woman crept up behind Jesus and touched the hem of his robe, seeking healing, he turned around and he said to her, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. When the disciples were exhausted and frightened and sinking in the middle of the night on the Sea of Galilee, Jesus came to them walking across the waves and shouting, Be of good cheer. They're scared out of their minds. Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. When the twelve were distraught on the night Jesus was arrested, he said to them, In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And when the apostle Paul encountered a pressure and imprisonment in Jerusalem, Acts 23, 11 says that the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, so you must also bear witness in Rome. So if you're gloomy over some situation for which you can't find an answer, take time and study the five passages where Jesus says, be of good cheer. Read them in other translations. Look up the cross references. Be of good cheer. Listen to me. Jesus wasn't just making a suggestion. He wasn't just using a cliche. He was commanding them, cheer up. Be of good cheer. What a glorious command. How many of you know? We do have power over that through Jesus, even in the midst of the most difficult times. And usually it's just a matter of taking a step back and seeing it in perspective of time and place and eternity. But God brings into our sadness his very presence and his words to be of good cheer. So I want to say to all of you today, whatever you're going through, be of good cheer. Say it with me out loud. Be of good cheer. Amen. Amen. So there you have five illustrations of the power of Jesus. Before we go on to the last part of this message, 
Here's something I read this week that kind of shocked me. Remember at the beginning, I told you that these things I'm going to tell you about, take them all together. There's probably a dozen, maybe two dozen things I mentioned about the power of Jesus. And that's only a small portion of all the things that are in the Bible about the power of Jesus. But did you know the things that are in the Bible are only a small part of all the things that Jesus did? Listen to the last verse of John, the Gospel of John, chapter 21, verse 25. And there are many other things that Jesus did, said the writer, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Obviously, that was hyperbole, but what John was saying is, the miracles and the works of Jesus that we have in the Bible are only a small percentage of the many works that he did. Some of them are in here, and John said, if you wrote them all down one by one, you just have so many books you wouldn't know what to do with them. He was a miracle-working God. He did powerful things. And that's why we're so surprised when we read John chapter 14 and verse 12, where Jesus is talking to Philip, and he says to Philip, Most assuredly, I say to you, Philip, that he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. Now, that is an astounding statement. Jesus said, Philip, all the things that I do, you're going to be able to do them. But, Philip, don't be happy with that because you're going to be able to do greater works than I do because I go to the Father. Now, why could that happen? Listen, when Jesus was crucified and resurrected and he ascended to the Father, 40 days after that, the Holy Spirit was given to the world by the Father. Did you know the Holy Spirit's called the gift of the Father, the gift of God? When Jesus went back to heaven, there was this replacement sort of thing that happened, and God sent his Holy Spirit to live within every believer so that while Jesus was on this earth, he was localized, but now the Holy Spirit has come, and Jesus is in all of us who believe, and we're all over the place. So we can do greater works, first of all, because we have a greater message. Listen to me. When Jesus was on this earth 2,000 years ago, he did great things. We've talked about some of them. When he healed somebody, that was a temporal thing. That person died or got sick again. All of his miracles were temporal in the physical realm, And they weren't really done in the first place for the person upon whom the miracle was performed, but so that it might be a sign that others would believe in Jesus. But when you and I present the gospel of Jesus Christ and somebody becomes a Christian, when we go to our neighbors or our loved ones or our family or our friends and we tell them about Jesus and they become a Christian, that meets a permanent need in that person's life and they get what the Bible calls eternal life. And the Bible says, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. When you get eternal life, you may die physically. You will never die spiritually. You will always be related to God. So the greater miracle is not healing somebody from a sickness. The greater miracle is helping them come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. We have a greater message, and we have a greater ministry. Did you know that when Jesus Christ was on this earth, he located himself in a small portion of the land of Palestine, and he never left. Someone has said that Jesus never left a space even close to the size of Vermont. Wherever Jesus' miracles were happening, Jesus had to be there. 
because he had voluntarily allowed himself to be in the flesh and accepted the limitations that we have as humanity. So he didn't just think himself to some other place as he once did in his glorified body. He never could do anything unless he personally was there. But when he went back to heaven and the Father gave us the Holy Spirit, now Jesus' Spirit is in everyone who's a believer. So there are millions of followers of Jesus all over the world, and everywhere there's a believer, the presence of Jesus is there, and there's a ministry of some sort. This is an amazing thought. I'm preaching to you right now, and I've already mentioned that as I preach to you here, hundreds and thousands of people are listening on the internet all over the world. Jesus didn't do that. There was no internet in Jesus' day. Today we live in this incredible time when we can take the message of Jesus way further than Jesus took it, and it's all Jesus in us doing Jesus' work. But Jesus said, when you allow me to work in you through the Holy Spirit I have given you, greater works you will do than I ever did on this earth because my Father has received me into heaven and the Holy Spirit has come to live within each of us. I marvel at that. I just sometimes wonder how it could ever happen. Martin Luther said it this way. Martin Luther said, Christ took but a little corner for himself to preach and to work miracles and but a little time, whereas the apostles and their followers have spread themselves through the whole world. And it was Jesus who said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And lo, I am with you always. And is he? Yes, in the presence of his spirit. He is with us everywhere we go. And the spirit of Jesus is in us. So wherever we go, we take Jesus with us. Amen? And so we are pictures of Jesus everywhere we go. We get the privilege of expressing the love of Jesus everywhere in the world. Whereas Jesus, while he was on this earth, he stayed in that little space in Palestine. What Jesus is saying to us is this. While I was on this earth, I was localized. I could only touch individual men and women in my travels and speak to a few local audiences. But believe me, after I am gone and the Holy Spirit comes to fill and empower my sons and daughters, my ministry will be as far spread as Christians are far spread. We have a greater message. We have a greater ministry, but there's something else. We have greater miracles. I've touched on this briefly, but let me come back to this. The miracles that Jesus did while he was here on this earth are all temporal in nature. John Phillips helps us understand that. He wrote these words. He said, it's wonderful for a man's eyes to be opened physically, but it's even more wonderful for him to see and understand the gospel. It's a beautiful thing to see a leper made pure. It's even more beautiful for his heart to be made pure. It's a miracle for a deaf man to hear words and music. It's even more miraculous for him to hear and respond to the gospel. And while a dead man might praise God when brought back to life for a few years, a spiritually dead man will praise God for all eternity when he meets Jesus. When you get healed physically, you ultimately will die. But when you get healed spiritually, you will never die. That healing is forever. That's why When we go with the gospel, we are witnessing the greatest miracle that can ever happen in this world. Many of you know I have a doctor friend. Dr. Furman is the president of World Medical Missions. It's a group that takes doctors on short-term ministry trips to the mission field. Like uh, He goes to Africa many times every year 
and he'll take 10 or 15 doctors with him who have specialties in different areas, and they'll go into an area, and they'll just try to help as many sick people as they can. These doctors will do that, then they'll come back, and they never come back the same. They always come back changed. Dr. Furman told me one day something I never forgot. He said, you know, David, he said, we used to just bring people in and do surgery on them and get them better and hope that someday later we'd get a chance to share Jesus with them. And he said, one day we realized that if we perform the lesser miracle on them and we don't tell them about the greater miracle, we've just made them more healthy to go to hell. He said, that's a bad thing. So he said, what we do now is if the person is conscious, we don't operate on them until we tell them about Jesus. Now, I have to tell you, I think that's probably a very high percentage of people here in the gospel. Okay, we're going to operate on you. Do you want to be operated on you? Okay, well, let me tell you about Jesus. Would you hurry up and tell me about Jesus? Would you tell me the short version of Jesus? Before anybody is operated on in their medical clinics, before the lesser miracle is done, the greater miracle is explained. They may not accept Jesus, but at least they have the opportunity to hear about it before the medical surgery. You see, in the accounting system of God's kingdom, physical, temporal results are great, but spiritual, eternal results are even greater. And Jesus promised his disciples that they would do spiritual works that would exceed his own in their geographical reach and their eternal results. During the fighting in the Pacific during World War II, a sailor on a United States submarine was stricken with acute appendicitis. The nearest surgeon was thousands of miles away. Pharmacist Mate Weller Lipes watched the seaman's temperature go up to 106 degrees. His only hope was an operation. So Lipes told him, I've watched doctors do it. I think I could do it. What do you say? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Maybe the question is, what would you say? The sailor realized he didn't have any other option, so he consented. So in the wardroom, the patient was stretched out on a table beneath the floodlight. This sounds a lot like the circumstances that Dr. Furman's told me about on his trips to Africa. The mate and assisting officers dressed in reversed pajama tops masked their faces with gauze. The cook boiled water for sterilizing the instruments. A tea strainer served as an antiseptic cone. A broken-handled scalpel was the operating instrument. Alcohol drained from the torpedoes was the antiseptic. After making the first incision, the mate took 20 minutes to find the appendix. Two and a half hours later, the last stitch was sewed just as the last drop of ether gave out. And 13 days later, the patient was back at work. Now, let me ask you a question. Suppose that had happened to him in California, in San Diego, and he went to the Scripps Clinic. They take it out without even opening you up. Suppose that sailor had done that surgery on that man in that hospital. Which is the greater surgery? The one done in the hospital or the one done aboard that torpedoed boat? Obviously, the greater thing was what he did in his limitations without 
all of the help of a lot of surgeon helpers and nurses and all of the things that the greater surgery was done because of the limitations that were placed upon the person who did the surgery. And that's what Jesus is saying to us. Your work is greater because of your limitations. The Lord Jesus had no limitation. He was a perfect son of God. We are ignoble children. And God uses us in our weakness, in our frailty, and he does his works through us. And that's an amazing thing that I can go to somebody and tell them about Jesus Christ as I have numerous times and then watch over the years as their life is dramatically changed. They become new people. And it isn't even close. You could not make any other excuse than something dramatic had happened to them spiritually and their whole life was changed. The trajectory of their life, their family, their children, their grandchildren, everything is changed because of this miracle that takes place when a person gives their heart to Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, we don't do greater works than Jesus. In the truest sense, Jesus is the greatest. But our works are greater because of the humble weakness of the instrument. The same power that through Jesus brought regeneration in life to many now flows through us. Can you get that? What Jesus did when he was on this earth, he has demonstrated and organized so that we can do it. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. Now he lets us go seek and save the lost. We can't save them in our own power. We can just point them to Jesus. We get to be the preachers and the teachers and the witnesses and get to tell people everything that will change their life more than any human miracle you could ever give a person. When you give them Jesus, you give them the best gift there ever is to be given. And it's a gift that lasts forever and ever and ever. Our doing the works that are greater than Jesus doesn't diminish his work. It simply amplifies it. Not only did he do his work in himself, but he found a way to do his work in us. And he chose us. And he enables us, makes it possible for us to do it. When you get to be in the ministry of Jesus Christ, it's the greatest thing you will ever do. The greatest calling. The Bible says when you serve God with all your heart, you will be able to do greater things than Jesus did when he was on this earth because he went to the Father. And the next verse in John 14 says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it, that the Father might be glorified. Folks, I don't think we realize what God has given us, the privilege and the opportunity we have to serve him. By every standard of imagination, this is the greatest thing in the world. Why would we ever stoop to do anything else? We have the greatest message. We have the greatest opportunities. And God has called us to this. Go into all the world and preach the gospel, he said. And lo, I am with you, even to the end of the age. What he calls us to do, he will equip us to do. So if you're standing on the edge of something you think God wants you to do, and you've been a little bit afraid, if he called you, just do it. Step out and watch what he does in your life. If you stay back and you never step out, you'll never find out. Take the step of faith. Get in your car. Fill up your U-Haul. Go where he tells you to go. And watch him do great things in your life. Amen. I am so uh, filled with that truth right now, watching God work during this uh, coronavirus thing we've been through and 
Every day I get up and I, I'm just overwhelmed with what he's doing uh, to remind us that he is still here and that he hasn't forgotten us, that he's standing with us and helping us help others. And um, so this is a wonderful series to be studying at this particular time. Hey, I want to tell you about the study guide that goes with uh, this particular series. Uh, it's it's designed exactly like the book. They obviously go together. And uh, this study guide is 140 pages of information to help you study what you've been listening to on the radio. And the value of this is it's available to help you go back and re-listen. If you get the um, CD package, you can go back and re-listen to every message. You can do that with a study guide in front of you and fill in the blanks and take notes and answer the questions. But I think the real value of the study guide is the opportunity that it provides for you to get together with friends. And now you might have to do it by Zoom or however you're doing it, but everybody has the study guide. You can study this book and you can learn about the things concerning Jesus. Uh, you can get the study guide by going to our website. There you can find out how to order a copy or several copies. The book is available. Once again, when you send a gift to Turning Point during the month of May, we'll send you this 250-page hardback book. Simply say, send me the book, The Jesus You May Not Know. We have them in the warehouse. They're ready to be shipped. We'd love for you to have a copy of it. Thank you for your investment in Turning Point. I hope you take advantage of this opportunity to study the Lord Jesus Christ. When you study him, it's not just studying about him. You study him. Something really wonderful happens. I promise you, you'll not regret it, and you will be blessed by the study of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today. I want to specifically thank you for praying for us during this time. So many of you have sent us notes and written us cards or just gotten in touch with us to let us know you're standing and praying with us, and we appreciate it very much. Thank you for what you do to make this program available all around the world. We'll see you tomorrow. The message you just heard originated at Shadow Mountain Community Church with Senior Pastor Dr. David Jeremiah. Share with us the difference Turning Point is making in your life. Write to Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 70509, RPO Oak Street, Vancouver, B.C., V6M0A3. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's new book, The Jesus You May Not Know. It's written to give you a deeper intimacy with Christ and it's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app for your favorite smart device or if you prefer, search in your app store for the keywords Turning Point Ministries for instant access to our programs and resources. Contact us today. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, The Jesus You May Not Know, here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. If you enjoy listening to Turning Point with David Jeremiah, you'll be happy to hear that there is now a daily Turning Point television broadcast that you can watch each weekday. Tune in to Faith TV, Joy TV, or Miracle Channel Monday through Friday to watch the Turning Point daily television broadcast. Be sure to check your local listings for the channel and time in your area. Or visit davidjeremiah.ca forward slash TV to download a program schedule or watch at your convenience. That website again is davidjeremiah.ca forward slash TV. Dear friend, I'm Dr. David Jeremiah, and I'd like to take a moment to speak with you as the world faces the coronavirus pandemic. 
There is no question we are living in a time of unprecedented uncertainty. It is unlike anything I have experienced in my whole life. And the temptation in times like these is to allow fear and worry to creep into our thoughts and to rob us of our joy. But in these uncertain times, we need to remember that God is still in control. And my prayer for you is that you are healthy, you're in a safe place and surrounded by those you love. Please keep the ministry of Turning Point in your prayers as well. We will continue to bring the healing power of God's Word to you each day on radio, television, and online. And I really hope this will be a source of encouragement to you during the current coronavirus. So be safe, be in the Word, and be in prayer.